0: Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership Team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast podcast. I'm so excited about uh, today's episode because we have uh, a good friend of mine with us who uh, inspires me and I know is going to inspire you today. It's Craig Brotherston. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Yay. Um, before we uh, get into today's subject, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your family, uh, but tell us a little bit as well about your journey in youth ministry and in ministry in general and also what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. My name is Craig Brotherston. I'm originally from Belfast in Northern Ireland. Um, and yeah, whenever I was 18, um, I moved to Brooklyn, New York, spent four years there working for Metro Ministries uh, with Bill Wilson. Um, then I came back when I was 22. I moved back to Belfast for six years. I was the youth pastor at the Elam Church in Dundonald. Um, and, but all through that time, God had been stirring about uh, a country called Russia. So. Um, in September 2014, we left um, for a city called Krasnoyarsk in Siberia. We spent a year there with Phelan Missions. Then we came back and we've been on a church planting journey ever since. So we spent a year in Oma in Northern Ireland and then we've moved to Derry. We've been there one year so far and we're planting a church in that city. Um, I'm married to Abby. We have three kids um, and we've started fostering. So it sounds, Craig, like during
0: that time you've been on a, a, on a number of faith adventures... You're on one now. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of been a bit of a, a story of, of of your journey, I guess. And y- you've had to take a, a number of risks. You've had to go for a number of things, not knowing how it was going to work out, not knowing necessarily where the, where the finance was coming from, not, yeah. not knowing where you would end up or how it would work out. Um, and we're going to talk today a little bit about risk and failure, uh, the importance of risk, how to take wise risks if 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 that juxtaposition yeah. works and uh, we want to just really uh plug into that a little bit today. So talk to us about how how do you understand and define risk in a biblical sense? What does that look like? What does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's really important um and maybe today we could wrestle with that a little bit yeah. for for leaders and that sort of thing too because I think in a lot of settings you hear the word risk now used, which in one sense I think is really positive because people are maybe taking more risks. Um, but in another sense, I, I get a little bit concerned sometimes thinking about that maybe we have taken the definition wrongly. We're quite quick to attribute um, something we would do for God as a risk um, whenever maybe that's not really the biblical definition. Um, and so, I guess risk is exposure to danger is probably one definition you could use. So if that's true and the type of things the Bible talks about in terms of taking risks, then we probably should be less quick to attribute the word risk to some of the normal things that Christians should do. So, you know, is sharing your faith and skill a risk for God? Um, Probably not. You know, in many senses, it's just something that maybe a Christian should do because I guess as part of my journey and looking back and thinking through what and we have had people say to us, you know, you've taken risks for God and that sort of thing. I guess we feel like most of it hasn't felt like a risk because it's something that God asked us to do. Um, Oftentimes there was no danger involved or no sort of, you know, anything like that. So, um, yeah, kind of that sense of journey and that sense of, has God asked you to do it? And then you, yeah, you just say yes.
0: So is there an element where risk is almost an inherent part of discipleship?
1: Yeah, no, definitely in terms of your journey yeah. then with God yeah i mean this is what we signed up for isn't yeah. it as yeah. christians yeah so when you gave your life to jesus i mean jesus talks about that doesn't he about counting the cost yes um so beforehand so that is what we signed up for was that we would follow him above anything else and wherever that. And most of that, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is most of that is an enjoyable journey, yeah, more yeah. so than a great exposure to danger for the sake of the gospel, which is probably more how the Bible defines risk. When you look at the okay. book of Acts, people risk their lives for the gospel or for each other. That seems to be more where that okay. word is used rather than simply, you know, oh, well, I made some disciples or I stepped out and did something even if I didn't have all the money or, you know, that sort of thing. So
0: are we too too quick to... To, to use that kind of language then, is that is that what you're getting at?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I feel like I would like us to raise the bar.
0: I g- okay, yeah. You know,
1: so yeah. rather than, oh, yes, you need to go speak to your friends about Jesus in school. Take a risk for God. No, I think that's what we signed up for. You know, go make disciples. If God asks you to go somewhere and do something for him, then you say, yes, it's not a huge, big, massive risk. It's what we signed up for. Within that, there obviously can be risks. And... But I do think it's quite a Western mentality as well, you know, in our generally comfortable lives that we're taking big risks for God. And I hope it doesn't undermine what happens in other places around the world where believers really do take yeah, risks for God.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So I I guess there's an an element where what what we're really talking about is that we're taking a step of faith rather than necessarily a risk because... There isn't a danger. It could go wrong and we could fail, but we're not in danger. Yeah. So it, it's a faith step uh, rather than necessarily a, a risk, so yeah. to speak. Is, yeah. that, is that how you define it? Yeah, me? I think so. More yeah.
1: towards that definition yeah. than yeah. maybe what we've often attributed yeah, okay. at risk okay. to be. Okay. So,
0: so, so with, with with that in mind then, um, uh, what I'm really interested in in getting to the bottom of today is how do we how do we find that balance between if we use the word risk or or taking a step of of faith something that uh, isn't all mapped out we don't know how it's going to work out Um, it might be kind of audacious it might be that we're taking a step out of our own personal comfort zone we're going further than we've been before um, versus wisdom And maybe a conventional or a worldly wisdom would say, don't do that because it's risky. Don't do that because you haven't got the the finance for that. Don't do that because you haven't been trained up for that. How do we find that balance? Because the Bible talks a lot about wisdom and about being wise. And it talks a lot about, you know, being audacious in our faith and taking steps out. For him as well. How do we find that balance?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it is important again to define a little bit those words. Um, yeah. So if we take wisdom, um, I think it is important that we come back again to what does the Bible say? You know, what is wisdom as defined by the Bible as opposed to what you mentioned? You know, some of those um, worldly wisdoms or tweetable quotes or all of these things that we get now. Um, so in taking the risk, of course. We should, or taking a step of faith, we should use wisdom that the Bible prescribes, and all of that. So, for example, um, you feel like God is telling you to take a step of faith, or to do something for Him, or maybe it's something you hadn't considered before. It seems like a bigger risk than normal. Um, what what do you do about that? Well, if the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors and asking people what they think and getting wisdom from them too, then of course we should follow that. You know, not just a well, God said, so I'm just going to go do it right this second and that sort of thing, but come back to what the Bible says. So let's use wisdom within that, within taking a step of faith, whatever that might be, however that looks, um, that we can step forward, yeah, in that. And, and, but yet, never using wisdom as some sort of defense to not do what God has asked you to do. Um, never, it, wisdom in a sense of making something safe, you know, it could be risky. It could even lead to the end of your life. But if God's asked you to do it, then you take it while using wisdom at the same time. It is the key then,
0: if God's asked you to do it, is that is that the, is that where is that where the tipping point is? I, I mean, I'm thinking about in, in my mind, I'm thinking about um, that that famous story that we often use when we talk about risk, which is you know Peter stepping out of the boat and yeah. on, on onto the on, walking across the water to Jesus, and the thing, for me, that makes that a wise decision rather than a foolish decision is that Jesus said, "Come." Yeah. It would have been stupid just to get out of the boat and try and walk on water. Yeah. That would that wouldn't have been a uh, that wouldn't have been a step of faith. That would have been foolishness. But because Jesus said, "Come," it then became a wise step of faith because he was. Fo- is, is the difference the voice of God in in the mix?
1: Yeah. Um. I think, uh, in one sense, yes. I. I think it's all we have in one sense as well is what God's asked us to do. Um, But I think the principles of wisdom can be used at the same time. So someone could, you know, a youth leader maybe has an idea that God has asked them to run a certain event. Well then, yes, go ahead and run the event because God has said, don't make any excuses. Make sure you run the event because God has said, but within that you can still use principles of wisdom. You can, consult some people that have run events before and get some wisdom from them about how to do that best you can you know involve obviously other people and volunteers and people in your church and not try to do it all by yourself because that's wisdom um so yeah those two things going together I think is really important but um I think what God asks us to do is is everything yeah so so let me kind of uh, approach it from
0: the other perspective then a little bit what happens if there's a, a youth leader that's listening to this and they kind of f- are feeling comfortable, um, like uh, almost self-sufficient, mm. uh, that they've been doing what they've been doing for a while and they know how to do it and they can kind of cope with it with their current capacity, skill set, finance, you know, they're within their, I know it's a cliche, but they're within their comfort zone. Yeah. It. Is that okay, or is that a dangerous place for a
1: Christian to be? And if it is, how do we get out of there? I I do think it's a dangerous place for a Christian to be. Um, I think that everything we read in Scripture is about movement. I think it's about moving forward. I think it's about taking things further. I think it's always about winning people for Jesus, Um, and which never feels comfortable, you know, even for the evangelist or whatever, it's still not a, there's an element of what feels uncomfortable or even risky in some settings um, associated with that. So then if you're sitting back feeling comfortable and you're in your job or your role or whatever, as a youth leader, then, I would be worried about myself if I was feeling like that, because that's not how this life should feel. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really important in terms of getting out of that. I think to really get before God and ask him, okay, God, what are you saying? What are you saying about this next season? What are you saying about these areas of our youth ministry? Is there something we need to stop doing? Is there something we need to start doing? How do we take this further? When uh, when I was a youth pastor for six years in Belfast, like that's not ever a place we wanted to feel was settled, you know? Actually, what new idea do we have? What can we do to mobilize young people more in their schools? What can we do to reach more people? What can we do to inspire things like serving God, like mission, like all of these things? And it, uh, in all of those seasons, it always felt dynamic. It always felt like God was doing something or up to something. And yet it felt. Unfulfilling uh not quite satisfied yet, because there was always more, there was always another place to go, there was always something else to do, and so i I would say yeah it, it should feel like a dangerous place if that's how it feels for you it, what happens to someone's faith
0: if they are too comfortable for too long what I'm getting at is um you know i uh i I guess what I'm trying to say is it is is our faith strengthened when it's stretched? So like a muscle, um, in order for that muscle to grow, it has to be stretched. There has to be yeah. some tension placed on it. Is there a danger that if if we're too comfortable for too long, our faith plateaus and withers away because it's not been stretched?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think the growth of faith Um, and the journey of faith, maybe that's a better word, journey, um, should always be taking place. So if you're not feeling like you're taking steps of faith, then yes, there's, there's something wrong. And to stall oftentimes is when people then don't move forward. So that idea of always pressing on seems to be an important theme throughout scripture so that is how it should feel it should feel like a press on it should feel like fighting the good fight it should kind of feel like that and once you get off of that journey then sometimes people never get back on again or it takes a long yeah. time or or what actually are you doing in that season when you're not on that journey when you're not pressing on when you're not fighting the good fight what what is it that you're achieving because um yeah, it would be horrible to look back on seasons of your life and think, wow, like we ran stuff, we did events, we did programs, we engaged with young people, but what actually happened there? What did we steward? What did God entrust to us and we produced with it? What, you know, and the parable of the talents, that sort of yeah. idea, like you were given this responsibility and what did you do with it? So I think probably that's the way I look at it a, a little bit more is that that journey of faith um, and always wanting to be growing in that, always knowing that that's God's desire for me, um, and, yeah, taking steps towards okay, that.
0: So, so what would you say then, Craig, to the, to the youth leader listening who maybe isn't at the moment taking any of those steps of faith, but the reason that they're not taking any steps of faith isn't, isn't, isn't because, uh, you know, they just got apathetic. It's because they tried it before, and they got burned. Yeah. They took a step of faith and it, it wiped them out personally, like burnout kind of stuff. Or they took a step of faith and it just failed. They, they thought that God was speaking to them and maybe he was and they tried it and it didn't work. And so now the reason they're not doing that pressing on if t- it is more to do with fear than apathy. Yeah. Um, I, I tried it before I got burned. And so now I'm afraid to try it again because what if that happens again? I don't want to go through that what would you what would your encouragement be to them?
1: Yeah, I think some of my heart for this generation tim is is that like who put the expectation on you that failure wasn't okay that that not going the way you pictured it to go was kind of you messing up or even God messing up or something like that, and not just part of the journey you know the journey throughout scripture that we see includes words like suffering and trials and and even again. We have to be careful not to attribute some things that aren't even that severe Mm. to being suffering and trials. It's all a journey of faith. So we take the highs, we take the lows, and we keep pressing on. And so for someone that's gone through something like that, um, I guess trying to help them rethink what were the reasons that they assumed that that was so bad. Um, and if that was that a leader or someone put that on them well then you know i'm really sorry about that actually you know Um, and i hope that they can journey through that allow god to heal the hurts and move forward because they're still meant to be getting on with whatever god has called them to do but in moving forward to also lift some of those definitions to lift some of the kind of pressure that has been put on by people to say listen it's all a journey. Some of it goes great, some of it doesn't. Either way, as long as you know that God asked you to do something and you did it, then you don't even have to look back on that as a failure. Yeah. You can look back on that and go, I did what God asked me to do. Yeah. And really the rest is up to him. Um, I, and I think that's one of the important things going forward yeah. in this generation, when, especially when we think about things like pioneering or church planting or any of those sorts of words. Like, it's not all going to go the way that you envision it to go. Yeah. Your journey might look different than you perceived, which is definitely my story with Russia, with church planting in Ireland. And who knows where some of this is going to lead? Um, but it's okay to go on the journey. It doesn't, I don't look back on any of it and it feels like a failure. It feels like part of our journey to where God is taking us. And within that, um, I I mean, I love, yeah, that idea that the perfect love casts out fear. Mm. Um, and so to address the fear part of your question, um, to say like, you need to find ways to live in that perfect love to experience more of it. That's that's what the, the verse is going to say, that I would fully experience his perfect love because that leaves you in a place where there isn't fear. That leaves you in a place where the fear is less, where you're journeying into that perfect yeah. love, that you don't feel the same way, even about trying something again that failed for you in yeah. the past. Yeah. You know? Craig, I...
0: I... Uh just would like to do something that we've never ever done on this podcast before, <laughs> but I just, f- uh, well, f- almost feel prompted by the by the Holy Spirit to do it. And I wonder if we could just take a moment to pause in our discussion to just pray for anybody listening yeah. who feels stunted by fear at yeah. the moment. Would that be okay? Would you yeah. mind doing that? No, great? I'd love to. Great, do that. great.
1: Father God, we just we thank you today for your perfect love. We want to thank you for everything that you've given to us for everything that you mean to us. And God, I pray for anyone listening today that um, is experiencing fear, that is caught up in fear, is overcome by fear, especially because of past situations, because of perceived failures, because of things that haven't quite happened the way they thought that they would. And I pray that, that you would help them and that they would be able to come back to a place where they are experiencing your perfect love, that they would be reminded today of how much that you love them of your love that is everlasting that no matter what happens no matter what anybody else thinks about them that they know that they are loved in order that they can move forward and that that fear can be cast out of their lives in jesus name amen amen amen
0: craig i love that you're prompting us to just kind of reconsider some of our our language to redefine what we mean when we say risk when we say trials and even what we mean when we say failure yeah. i remember uh i had a conversation once uh with mark pew was uh, my predecessor in in this role and he says i'd love to one time at, at one of our events just try to find out who attempted something for god and it didn't work out as they had envisioned it would and just to get them all up on the stage and give them a standing ovation because the point is not whether it in inverted commas succeeded or not the point is that they took that step of faith for God the point was that they were obedient and their success yeah. was in the obedience i don't think he said that exactly but that's how i you know yeah. how <laughs> i re- how how i took it that their success was in their obedience not in the project working or not working i thought that was a great uh, a a great idea and the problem is that when we when we fear failure, we stunt innovation, don't we? Yeah. We can't do anything that's creative. We can't do anything that's new or different if we're afraid of it not not working out. Yeah. the 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 success is in the obedience, not in, I guess, how the, how well the, the the project works out. Um. But with all that said, when it doesn't work out, there's something we can learn from that. Isn't yes. there? We we can use that as a learning experience. How would you encourage people, again, in that situation where they have taken a step of faith and it didn't work, to look back on and reflect upon that? How? What's the best way to do that and to learn from that experience?
1: Yeah, I think to consider within yourself, did you do what God asked you to do? So did it fail or not work because you were disobedient? Well, that's something we have to come to in our own hearts, isn't it? And learn from that and move on. Um, I think were you obedient to everything that God said? And if you were, then you have to be okay with that. And we have to become more content with that. Because I think what we can miss in the journey of that is not only what God was doing anyway, but also what God was doing in us as leaders through that. You know, that we actually had to learn something about just trusting him, about just obeying. Were we learning something of character, integrity? Were we learning something even of just love? in the middle of that, because not everything is gonna be a success and in the journey. And often I think we take some of those things too much as single events throughout our lives, rather than stepping back and looking at the bigger picture. Because yeah. maybe that single night, or maybe that conversation, or maybe that project didn't work. But in the bigger picture, was God doing something? Was were things growing? Were their people's lives being changed? Actually, if we can answer yes to some of those questions, I think that's more of God's heart than some of those isolated incidents that didn't work. And I think in it all, understanding that we're meant to keep moving forward, that we forget the past and we press on to everything that God has called us to. Um, and And we just keep getting on with it because we need laborers in the field. Yes. We need people <laughs> serving God more than we need people kind of stopping in the middle because something didn't go well. You yeah, know?
0: And, and, and listening to you speak there, I can't help but wonder if sometimes the reason God calls us to do something isn't primarily about the something, it's about the thing that he wants to do in us through that, yeah. uh, the thing that he wants to teach us, develop in us, grow in us, uh, a- a- and that thing maybe learn equally or perhaps even more so by I- it not succeeding than if it did succeed yeah. you know because isn't god more concerned about who we are becoming in him than what we are doing for him yeah um, yeah so it just gets me thinking craig all right let's let's talk a little bit about courage okay um i imagine the youth leader listening to this and they sense God calling them to take that step of faith. And from where they are right now, it seems crazy. It seems beyond them. It seems impossible for them. It seems too big for them. But they just can't shake, you know, from their heart and mind that that the Holy Spirit is <laughs> nagging them and saying, <laughs> this is what I'm calling you to do. But it seems so scary. Hmm. Well, what would you say to them to to give them the courage to to be obedient and to take that step
1: um i think a good starting point in the process is for them to really search their hearts as to why it seems so scary and often our answer if we're honest with ourselves and our own hearts and lives um it will be around people so why is this so scary well what will people think what how will my reputation be affected you know how will they speak to me how will they treat me will i be rejected all of those things are often what we struggle yeah. with when it comes to courage it's not often to do with god or even the devil it's normally yeah. to do, <laughs> it's normally to do with other people um and and i think we do need to start to drop some of those things more and more and not please people but be so concerned about pleasing god in order to move forward in courage. Because whenever we do that, then it is easier to be strong and courageous. I, if I don't actually care, which I'm still on a journey with, but if I don't actually care what other people think, then how many things would I attempt for God? How many things would I just give it a go? How many things would I be courageous about? Yeah, if I wasn't good. so concerned about my reputation, what will other people think? How will they treat me the next time they see me? All of those things. No, I'm put on this earth to do something for him, to be strong and courageous. And if people like it or people don't, then I still do it because, again, it's what he's asked me to do. Um, And I think courage will become more and more. It's already a huge thing for people that follow Jesus, but I think it will become more and more important in the days and weeks and months and years that lie ahead for the people of Jesus to stand up, to be people of courage and to take this gospel forward in to the ends of the earth and yeah
0: Uh, so that's that that's so inspiring Greg and yeah uh, you're so right that we we do need to to be a people of courage we do need to follow the call of God on our life even when it is costly even when it is scary and so I I was um, speaking at a a camp a few days ago and I was saying to the young people you know what sometimes fear can actually be an indicator of the call of god on your life because when god calls you it will always seem (laughs) too big for you it will always seem implausible and and, and impossible because he is a god of the impossible and the the call of god always exceeds the capacity of the one that he calls doesn't it because when you step out of what you are already able to do that's when you find out god is who he says he is yeah that's when you that's when you step out of your self-sufficiency and into God dependency, that's when you see the, the hand of God provide in that moment or that miracle take place or that, again, a bit of a cliche, but word in season come. That's when it's when we're living in a place of dependency on God that we, that we find out he's real yeah. <laughs> and that he's there yeah. and that he's moving. And uh, that's why we've got to get ourselves into that place, isn't it? Craig, there's something else that's coming to my mind as you're speaking, and and this isn't a question i prepared you with, so forgive me for just dropping this in on you. But um, a a lot of what we're talking about is about the importance of not becoming complacent uh, as Christians. And we don't want to become complacent, but we do want to have contentment. So my my question is, if we're in that... um, In that place like you described where we're always pressing on and striving for more and we're saying God we know there's more of of what you want to do here that that there's more to see and we're asking God for more and we're believing for more and we're praying for more and we're working for more how do we find contentment in amongst all of that
1: yeah Um, I think that our contentment always comes from our relationship with God so are you actually content in Jesus, in his love, in who he is, in the life that he's given you, no matter what that looks like, then that's the place where that comes from. And then from that place is where the striving comes from or the fight or the pressing on. Um, and I think that's the time we get into trouble and was, is whenever those two things get disconnected. So is it from a place of love? Is it from a place of your relationship with God that drives you on, that pushes you on, that the Bible talks about his love compels me, um, is that where it's coming from? Or is it coming from expectation that you've put on yourself? Expectation wrongly that other people have put on you to achieve certain targets, to you know do certain things, then that's often where that kind of gets disconnected, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think out of our relationship with God, out of making sure that that is the number one priority in our life, not just a, a quiet time and a certain moment of the day, but my whole life is about Jesus, then actually that spurs you on, doesn't it? Um, And then in community with each other and other people that are gonna encourage you to keep going, other people that are gonna be there whenever you need them, the family of God around you makes a big difference in not becoming complacent, but actually, yeah, pushing on to more. And I loved that about youth ministry too. Um, It, it got to a point at the beginning, you know, where We were encouraging young people to to move forward to to love god more to to do things for him to serve him and all of that and then it came to a place a couple of years in where they were it was both ways so i was encouraging them to do that but in their faith and in their growth and all of that they were encouraging me at the same time and so there was this beautiful thing together where you're both encouraging each other, you know, and I was still the leader, but they were playing a huge part of that in my life too. And some of them still to this day play some of that role in my life. Um, and so I think if you can find some people like that around you, um, then that makes a big difference as well.
0: Yeah, but would it be fair to say, Craig, cause that, that sounds like a beautiful thing to happen in a youth ministry. Would it be fair to say that that only happens though when the leader first models what it looks like to be pressing on, to be, you know, ready to follow Jesus into the gap of the unknown and, uh, you know, take those steps of faith.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so so important. And again, that thing where, you know, they will follow your example yeah. in it all. So yeah. It's yeah, so it's important. one thing
0: to, to teach about the story of Abraham or Simon Peter stepping out of the boat. It's another thing when they see you doing it you know, in your daily life, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's it. Imitate yeah. me as I imitate Christ. So yeah. yeah.
0: If you were, as we wrap up, going to leave our listeners with, you know, one key thought around this whole idea of uh, risk or taking steps of faith and, or whichever language we want to use around that, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I, I would love people to take risks, to come yeah. to a place in their heart where it doesn't matter what the cost is. I'm going to move forward in God. Um we did a a weekend one time and we called it risk takers. Um but our tagline was that nothing is going to stop me from doing what God has asked me to do. Um and I, I I yeah, my prayer would be that that's everyone's cry that actually nothing is going to stop me from doing what God has asked me to do. Whatever the risk, whatever the step, whatever the failure, we're going to keep moving o- forward, keep pressing on. Um, and yeah and serve him and love him and enjoy the journey of it all so
0: amazing craig thank you this has been so helpful and to our listeners i just want to say you know when you when you hear uh, someone like craig talking who's been on that journey for a while it's it's inspiring Uh, but you think you know you know i could just never go to russia i could never do something like that but what you can do is you can take the next step of faith from where you are And when you take that step of faith, you will find that God is faithful and then you will have the courage to take the next bigger one. And then you'll take that one and you'll take the next bigger one. And as you take those steps outside of your comfort zone, you'll find that God is trustworthy, that he comes through on his promises, That your faith will grow and you'll be willing to follow him into the unknown. Craig, thanks for joining us on the Limitless Leadership Podcast Yay, today.
1: thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.